Matthew. Keep your hand in there. Keep your hand in there. No, no, no. Keep your hand in there. Keep your hand in there. Who is that? Baby I was raised in a Christian home. My parents told me about Jesus uh, from a young age. My parents had given me a children's Bible, and I remember my dad writing my my uh, name and the day that I was that I accepted Christ as my Savior in that Bible. But it wasn't until I was in middle school when I really uh, started to understand what it meant to really have a personal relationship with Jesus. When I think about my parents, uh, my, both my mom and dad were very instrumental in, in my Christian upbringing. And my my dad, my dad is is the kind of man who models sacrificial love for his children. I can remember a couple times when my dad got promotion opportunities and he turned them down because it would have taken our family away from our grandparents and our, 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 um, the relatives that we had here in Michigan. And, and he put our upbringing and our um, family life and family balance above his own career aspirations. And that was a powerful message to me, even when I was, you know, in middle school, uh, in high school, that that my dad would make a choice like that for us as opposed to his, for his own career. And these were, these were lessons that I learned because they were modeled for me, and I took them with me for my own kids. And I wanted my kids to understand that that same creator who made all things wants to have a deep personal relationship with them and that's a fantastic thing to um to see your kids light up when you talk about that sort of thing with them so uh, i wanted to create that same type of environment in my home uh it's important to me as a dad to be a purposeful father in terms of being there for my kids it's there's there's a struggle any working parent has with trying to progress your career, but also at the same time, build your family. I, I do want to be there for my kids, and I don't want to miss this time because it's very precious and special. And not just be making extra money so that I can give them things, but to give them myself. And um, I think that's really, really important. And it's hard in our culture because we're torn. We're, you're told that you have to, to have to be the best in your career or in your studies or whatever it is that you do. And at the same time, God calls us as, as parents to be, to be that and much more uh, to our children in terms of uh, how, much we, how much we're committed to, to our family. I love to paint and draw. For me, art is a, a powerful expression that um, it kind of just pours out of me. It's, it's where I can really be free to uh, communicate in a way that I can't use with words. And I also enjoy playing music, and it's, it's a similar type of outlet for, uh, for me to communicate and to express myself. And uh, my wife and I have been married for uh, 15 years, and we've been blessed uh, with five amazing kids. And as you might expect, as time has gone on, I've had less and less time to put into things that I really love to do. And that's, that's natural. 
uh, because the children are little and they they demand more of your time and attention. Um, but I, I did start to feel a a stifling or a, a constriction of my a creative um, outlet, and I. I wasn't able to spend the time that I wanted to, uh, to to put into these things. So I had a painting, I remember, that it sat there, I think, for a, for 10 years. I had started it and worked on it, and it just sat there, and it, and it was driving me nuts that I couldn't spend any time on it. But I um, I felt God talk to me in a very calm and quiet way. He, he laid this on my heart where he said, Bob, I, I understand, and I've given you this natural love to do these things. So there, there's nothing wrong with doing these things, he said, but... Right now, just be a dad. Spend the time being a father. Teach your kids about the things you love, like art, music, nature, and see if they'll if they'll latch on to those things as well. And, and, I, and I have had that really cool experience where a couple of my kids have really enjoyed creating things, doing art. I've taken them to the DIA before, and they just blossom when they talk about art. So I, I, I was so thankful that God showed me that, and... I know that later in life, when my kids are older, there'll be time for me to get back into the things I want to do. And so I thought about this. It's it's unbelievable when you think about the gravity of what it means to be a father, to be a dad. But it's something that I really feel strongly about and deeply about that we cannot afford to take for granted or take lightly or to mess up. We can't afford to take parenting as... You know, one of my tasks, you know, I got to be an employee, I got to be a husband, a dad. It has got to be up at the top along with being a husband and being a Christian leader. And as dads, we have to reflect God's image of what, what a father is supposed to be. And over here we have Bob and Carrie Bedard. They're some friends of ours, and they have actually four children. Am I right in saying that they're all boys? Yeah, they're all boys. My band is almost complete now. Wow. <laughs> One more. You can have a basketball team, right? You going to go for it? <laughs> You're going to stick with the rock band. The command of God is clear and simple. Love God and teach your children to do the same. So parents, by coming forward today, you hereby recognize that your child is a gift from God and you thank God for this gift to you. And today, you are dedicating yourself and your children to his service. If so, please say, we do. Even, even before I became a father, I had you know, uh, experienced other, other father figures in my life and or, or heard about father figures like my great my great grandfather for example who was an alcoholic and the uh, impact that he made on my grandfather who was very very close to me and very very dear to me and a tremendous influence in my life I, I wrestled with the the struggle that my great grandfather had and how it affected my my grandfather I wrestled with that and I I made a conscious decision as a as a young man that when I'm a dad, I am never going to compromise the young family that God would bless me with with some type of addiction. My grandfather died when he was 92 years old and the the weight that he carried from his father affected him all his life even till his 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 later years and I can imagine my grandfather as a little boy and the, the molding that was taking shape 
affected him later in life. And I wanted to make sure that my home was not going to be like that. My home was going to be a place where my children would be molded and grown in a safe environment. You know, it's it's something where it's it just trickles down from generation to generation. And it, it was very telling to me when I saw that from my own eyes, how important it is as a parent to to be very careful and to be very mindful of what you expose your children to and not take it lightly and to sacrifice. And, and, and if there are struggles that you, that you have, we all have struggles with things that we don't like or addictions that we don't like to seek help for them early so that we're not, we're not modeling the wrong thing for our children or we're not displaying behavior to our children that is improper or that is dangerous or that will lead them down a path that will scar them or, or damage them for life. I mean, my grandfather was 92, and all through his life he struggled with the way his father um, acted toward his, his mother, to my great-grandmother, uh, to, to my grandfather himself, to his brother and sister, because of his addiction to alcohol. And it left a mark on me. I mean, I'm, what, that's um, you know four generations later, three generations later, and I, I didn't want anything like that to ever affect my, my children. It's, it's unbelievable when you think about the gravity of what it means to be a father, to be a dad. It's kind of scary. Your responsibility is absolutely tremendous. I, I really pray and hope that young men ponder and spend time thinking about the gravity of what it means to be a dad. My name is Robert Bedard, and I am Metro. So, maybe you've heard this before where your kids go, watch me, watch me, Dad, watch me, watch me, Mom. Anybody? Watch me, watch me, watch me. You know, it's like, it seems like when a kid is young, especially young, uh, that every moment is just huge to them. It is like a watch me moment every time you turn around. Watch me jump, watch me run, watch me catch, watch me throw, watch me, watch me, watch me sing. Watch me is like, it just rolls off of their lips. Kids just want parents to somehow to pay attention to them because they think every moment is worth seeing. Uh, just a couple days ago, I was coming up our driveway, and uh, we, ha- we just bought one of these crazy trampoline things with the big net around it and all that, and so it's all there, and, and my guy Lincoln was uh, jumping like crazy on that thing, and as soon as he sees me, true story, he just starts yelling, watch me, Dad, watch me, Dad, watch me, Dad, and then he proceeds to do like this running flip handspring thing that looked like, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch you die. You know, it's like, wow. But to him, this was like one of those moments where it just had to be seen. Any parents in the room know exactly what I'm talking about? You hear this over and over and over. And I think it's because they think, I think it's because they know that we are often busy. I think they know that we are often easily distracted. And they want for at least one moment to be truly seen by mom or dad or both. They, 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 They think that if mom or dad slows down just for a moment and really sees them and really dials into them, that somehow their value is lifted, that their worth is somehow uh, lifted. And, And gosh, it almost brings me to tears now just watching my two older ones up here helping with worship music. And 
uh, how much, uh, how foolish I was and how regretful um, I was for ever thinking those constant, watch me, dad, watch me, dad, were ever a bother to me. It's, it's unbelievable how you change the older you get and how you learn to suddenly regret certain things, right? Um, because some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're at this stage of your life where um, you wish you could have some life back. You wish you could do something over with your kids. Um, most of us realize that time just goes by so fast. And we're in the middle of it. We don't quite get it. But on the other side, when your kid's getting ready to leave and go off to college, gets his own job, gets their car for the first time, man, you just wish you could do it over again. And you wish you would have paid attention to every one of those watch me, watch me, watch me moments. Anybody in the room know what I'm talking about? Anybody feel that? I think this is true for us. Um, I, I think there's already been uh, so much learning and challenge and encouragement with the little interview and, and with Bob's, my friend Bob's video up there. Wasn't that great? Just so incredible, Rich, the, the learnings and the wisdom that he, that he gave to us in that little video. Uh, but if it's okay with you, I'd like to just um, throw a few thoughts at you about this idea of parenthood, about this idea of fathering in particular. Um, and, and it's just going to be short. It's not going to be over, overdone. But these are just some simple thoughts because it's weird how much you learn as you get older, how much you change perspective as you get older. I think it was uh, the all-American, the great all-American Mark Twain who once wrote this. When I was a boy at the age of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand being around him. But when I got older, 21, I was astonished at the, how much the old man had learned in just seven years. <laughs> Uh, sometimes, if we're lucky, uh, we gain a little bit of learning, uh, and we gain a little bit of wisdom the older we get, right? And things change. Perspectives begin to change. And so as I begin to think about and really to pray about what God would have me share on Father's Day, um, I think God gave me just a very uh, simple thought. Uh, and, and I want you to get this thought. I want you to understand this thought because I think it's an important thought. It's just something that I'm learning. Uh, it's something that I'm wrestling through. It's something um, that I got to work on constantly. And, but here it is. Let me just put this up because I want you to see it. It goes like this. Let them see you, let them hear you, and love their mom. Let them, he let them see you, let them hear you, and love their mother. Now, it probably doesn't sound overly motivating to you or profound to you right now or like, Jay, what do we pay you for around here? I, I get all that. But if you track with me, um, my hope is, is that, that you'll get it and that you will be moved and that you will be challenged by what God could speak to you if you're a parent or if you're a grandparent in this room. Um, because we get one shot at this. This is a big deal. Parenting is a big, big, big deal. It is perhaps um, the biggest job that any of us will, will tackle with our lives is to prepare the next generation to know, love, and follow God. And so this idea of let them see you, let them hear you, and love their mother. And this goes for moms in the room too. Well, not the love your mother part, love your, their father part. That would be for you, right? But you get, get what I'm talking about, right? So 
uh, I, I don't pretend to, to be the greatest parent. I don't pretend to have it all together. Um, I, I think I've done some stuff well. I think uh, Lynette and I have done some stuff well, and I think uh, we screwed up um, more than our share, more than we would probably care to admit. Um, and there's a whole lot of learning. But this is what I'm learning about being a dad. Let them see you, let them hear you, and love their mothers. This is what my kids need from me. This, now, they don't always want this. They don't always want to hear from dad. But they, but they need this in their life. And this is good for them in, in their life. And, um, and, and so let me explain this thought a little bit because it's rooted in the pages of Scripture. Um, Paul, the, the great father of, of Christianity in many ways, um, he was influencing all of these young Christians he, he was trying to get them to grow in their young faith. He was trying to raise up a generation of Christ followers in a world where people just simply were not following Christ. And, and, he, and he says to them at some point, um, he, he starts like in, in the book of uh, Corinthians, uh, the, there's this church that is growing up in the city of Corinth. It's a Roman city. And all of these young Christians are trying to find their way. They're trying to figure out how to live the life that God wants them to live and how to become all that God wants them to become. And Paul says this thing, and it seems so simple, but it is not simple. And it seems so small, but it is not small. It is huge. It is monumental. And this is how he says it in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Let me just read it to you. You don't even have to turn there. I'll just put it up on the screen for you. It's very, very short. He says this to a group of young believers. He says, follow my Example. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of who? Of Christ. And so I'm just wondering how many dads could say this to their boys. Follow me. Go ahead, what you see in my life, follow me. Put it into practice. Make this a reality in your life. I wonder how many mamas could say that to their daughters. Follow me. Speak the way I speak. Care the way I care. Respect the way I respect. Work the way I work. Follow me. Follow my example. He, Paul, he repeats this to all the little churches in one way or another. One time he says, imitate me. Another time he says, follow my example because I'm following the example of Christ. He says, if you see it in me, do it. He says, if you see me, practice it, practice it in your life. And it's an amazing thing. This is how he says it to the church that gathered in the city of Philippi, to the Philippian church. He says it this way. Um, Philippians 4, 9, he says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me. So he's like, if you've seen it in me, if you see me doing it, he says, it, it, this is an important signal to you. Listen, he says, when you see it in me, he says, you can put it into what? practice so many of us our parenting is like this uh, don't don't bother with what i do do what i say and paul's approach is totally different he says let them see you let them hear you and love their mother if we want our children to develop godly habits then we need to maybe flip this around you know, our kids are always saying watch me watch me watch me maybe we could Maybe we could flip it a little bit. And maybe there's a point where you and I as moms and dads and grandma and grandpas in this room where we can boldly say to our kids, watch me, watch me, watch me. Follow my example. I'm trying to follow Christ. What you see in me, what you hear me do and what you, what you hear me say, follow me because I'm following Christ. I don't always get it right, but I am following, following, following 
Christ. And I don't know what the goal of your parenting is. I don't know. Maybe it's just to make sure they get an education. And I think that's a fine goal. I think that's a good goal. I think that's a goal all of us should have for our kids. Uh, Maybe your goal for your kids is to get your kid to be rich because, like, you're not rich. And it'd be really cool, I admit it, to have a a rich kid. That would be really cool. But if that's your goal, I just think there's something missing with that. Uh, for some in this room, maybe your, your goal is, uh, is just to make sure that they um, grow up to be happy and productive citizens. Or, or maybe there's some in this room, uh, you're like, your goal is just to have your, your kids like 31 and still living in the basement. And you're like, your goal is just to have them out of your basement before you die. I don't know what your goal is, but, but, but my goal Uh, And maybe if it's your goal, but my goal and Lynette's goal for our kids is to have them know, love, and follow God with all of their heart, their soul, and their strength. And I don't care if my kid is a garbage man or a big rock star or anything in between. As long as they are learning to trust God with their life, as long as they hear his voice and follow his voice for their life, if they don't settle for the things of this world, as long as they run after God, then I'll be as happy as can be. Let them see it, let them hear it, and love their mother. It is going to take more out of us than just, hey, do what I say. It is going to take them looking at you and me and the example we leave to them to make their life all that God wants them to become. Um, And so dads and moms, grandma and grandpas, uh, maybe we need to say, watch me. (laughs) A little scary, isn't it? Watch me. And and so if we're going to get to this point where we say, watch me, then maybe we should be watch-worthy. Come on. Maybe we should be watchable. Maybe we should have the kind of character and the kind of heart and the kind of love for God and for other people that is worth saying, follow me. Maybe we need to work on some things because if our kids are ever going to become all that God wants them to become, then maybe you and I should be becoming all that God wants us to become. Hmm? If we're ever going to lead our children to know and love and follow God with all of their heart, soul, and strength, then maybe you and I need to know and love and follow God with all of our heart, soul, and our strength. If you and I are ever going to expect our kids to take their faith seriously, then maybe you and I should start by taking our faith seriously, where we say, look at me, watch me, let them see it, let them hear it, and love their mother. Be watch-worthy. If we're going to expect our kids to lead themselves well, maybe we should lead ourselves well. Amen? Maybe it should start with us. And, and so, friends, I, I, I don't know how else to say this. This sounds kind of church-like, but I, I just don't know how else to say it. If we're going to be watchable, if we're going to be watch-worthy, there are some core spiritual disciplines that you and I need to employ in our life. There are some core spiritual disciplines that our kids need to see are a regular part of our home, that they're part of who we are, that it's more than just showing up in church and acting like we're a good family, but that it's real in our homes. Things like we, we need to make us a, a part of who we are, a regular part of who we are. Prayer, talking to God. And I don't mean just at dinner time. but our kids should see us leaning into God by talking with him through this thing called prayer. 
And they should see us turning to God's word for leadership and for direction and for hope and for encouragement in our lives. They should see us reading the Bible. They should see it as a normal part of our life, not just something that you dial up on the little internet thing while you're at church, but they should see it in, in your home. Our, our kids should, should see that we're prioritizing gathering with other believers. Church should be a high priority in your life if you ever expect your kids to make God's church a priority in their life. It just should be. This idea of personal reflection, a, the core spiritual discipline of, of personal reflection and getting your heart right with God continually just needs to be part of your home. just needs to be part of who you are. You can't expect your kids to do it if you don't do it. This idea of, of, of trying to grow our faith that we talk about all the time around here, taking next steps, it should be part of who you are as mom and dad if you're going to expect your kids to grow their faith. We can't be hypocrites. We, we got to lead them by this old word called example. Anybody? Amen? Come on. It's true. This idea of character formation in our life, this idea of developing godly wisdom for living our lives. And above all, we must learn to listen daily for the voice of God, for the leadership of God, for the direction of God. And listen, not only do we need to hear it, we need to learn to trust God's leadership and obey God's leadership, no matter what it costs us, no matter where it takes us. Our kids need to see a yielded heart before God, a tender heart where God leads and he calls and you obey him. And you don't put it off for year after year after year. But that you serve him. Your kids, my kids, need to see God's kingdom a priority in our life. Well, there's so many things. We got so busy and there's all this stuff calling us. Yeah, it's no different in my life. But the kingdom of God must be sought first in my home. And Jesus makes this little promise to you. He says, you seek first the kingdom of God. And everything else you want, everything else you desire will be added to you. He will put it all in step for you. You seek first the kingdom of God. Let them see it, let them hear it, and love their mother. If we are going to say, watch me, then we need to be watch worthy. I, I, I read a couple stories uh, recently about men who were describing their fathers and, and a couple of them just caught my attention and uh, one man wrote uh, about his father like this just listen to this, this is so amazing he says, when I was a teenager uh, dad would come into the room and he would say, come on kid, let's go and I would say, where are we going? and he would say, Lucy's he would say, Lucy's you see, once a month dad would visit Lucy Buchko a, a woman whose body was twisted and pinned into a wheelchair by arthritis he would reach his big arms around Lucy and her frail little body and would lift her out of the wheelchair and place her into the front seat of our, our, of our brown station wagon then he would fold up the wheelchair throw it in the back and drive Lucy to the monthly communion service for shut-ins and then listen to how he describes his father listen to this he says he writes about his dad. He says, uh, my dad was the vice president of a big publishing company who shuttled shut-ins. That's how he described his dad. My dad was a big shot who got the small things right. My dad was a big shot, but not too big to love the least of these. 
Later in the hospital, this man writes about his father. He says, trying to recover from a massive heart attack. Dad found out that, my dad found out that the family down the street didn't have enough money to even buy groceries that month. And so get this, he wrote them a check and it was the last thing he ever wrote, but he wrote a lasting lesson for me. Wow. Let them see it, let them see it, let them see it. Not just talk about it. Let them see it in your life. Live it out. Watch me. Watch me, watch me. Let them see it, let them see it, let them see it. I read another story of one man who was describing the kind of person his father was, the kind of man his father was. He said this, listen to this, he says, once when I was a teenager, my father and I were standing in line to buy tickets for the circus. Finally, there was only one family between us and the ticket counter. This family made a big impression on me. There were eight children, all probably under the age of 12. Uh, You could tell they didn't have much money. Their clothes were not very expensive, but they were all clean. The children were very well behaved, all of them standing in line, two by two, behind their parents, each couple of children holding hands. Uh, They were excitedly jabbering about the clowns and the elephants and the other acts that they hoped to see that night in the circus. One could sense that they had never been to the circus before. It it, it promised to be the highlight of their young lives. All eight of them were exuberant. The father and mother were at the head of the pack, standing as proud as could be. The mother was holding her husband's hand, looking at him as if to say, you're my knight, you're my shining armor, in in shining armor. Uh, He was smiling, basking in pride, looking at her. The ticket lady asked this father how many tickets he wanted, and he proudly stated, please let me buy eight children's tickets and two adult tickets so I can take my entire family to the circus. And the ticket lady quoted the price, the man's, as the ticket lady quoted the price, the man's wife let go of his hand. Her head dropped, and the man's lip began to quiver. The father leaned in a little closer to the ticket lady and said, excuse me, how much did you say? And the ticket lady repeated the quoted price. The man didn't have enough money, it was obvious. He was supposed to How was he supposed to turn at this moment and tell all eight of his kids that he did not have enough money to take them to the circus? So seeing what was going on, my dad put his hand in his pocket, pulled out a $20 bill, and dropped it on the ground. And now we were not wealthy, and this is when $20 really mattered in life. My father reached down, picked up the bill, tapped the man on the shoulder and said, excuse me, sir, I believe that this fell out of your pocket a moment ago. The man knew immediately what was going on. He wasn't begging for a handout, but certainly he appreciated the help in a desperate, heartbreaking, and embarrassing situation. He looked straight into my dad's eyes, took my dad's hand in both of his, and he squeezed tightly onto the $20 bill, and with a quivering lip and a tear streaming down his eyes, he replied, thank you, thank you. You have no idea how much this really means to me and my family. Now, the man telling the story about his father, he ended by saying this. He says, my father and I went back to our car and we drove home that night. We did not go to the circus because that's all we had. But we never went without because my dad taught me something more. What an incredible example of a godly attitude of a godly father who wanted to do it right. Let him see you in action. Let him see you pray. Not just at dinner time. Let him see you go into God when things are tough. Let him see you gather your little family around, 
your grandkids around and let them see you lean into the strength and the purposes of God in your life. Let them see this. Let them see you opening the Bible for God's leadership. Let them see it and you will not regret it and they will not regret it. Let them see it, let them see it, and let them hear it. Um, I I came across this father uh, who was writing this kind of regretful letter as his children got older and did not find faith. And and this is what he left left for for himself and for other fathers like me to read. Uh, he, He said, you know, I told my kids a whole lot of things, and he writes this confession that he seemed to tell his kids all the wrong things. Let them hear it, hear it from you. Let them hear it from you. Listen, he says this, I took my children to school, but not the church. I taught them to drink, but not from the living water. He goes, I enrolled them in the Little League, but not in Sunday school. I showed them how to fish, but not to be fishers of men. I made the Lord's Day a holiday rather than a holy day. I spoke of sports, but never of salvation. I gave them a new TV, but never provided them a living Bible to see. In other words, they never saw it in me. I handed them the keys to the car, but I never gave them the keys to the kingdom of God. I taught them how to make a living, but failed to bring them to to Christ who would make their life worth living. And then he says this, I taught them that the church was full of hypocrites and showed them all the while that I was the greatest hypocrite of them all. Let them hear it from you. They need to hear about your faith. Let them see it, let them hear it. Let me tell you something. Here's how Moses says it in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 7, he says, And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving to you today. Then he says this, repeat them again and again to your children. Well, I've already told them when they were four. He says, repeat it again when they're four and a half, five, five and a half, six, six and a half. You repeat it, and this is how he says to repeat it. You tell them of your faith. Talk about it. Listen, with them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up, let them see it and let them hear it from you. They must hear about God from you, parents. They, they must hear about your faith. When you get up, when you go out, when you come home, when it's nightfall, when it's morning time, when you're at the lake, when you're at the ice cream shop, glory to God for ice cream. Glory to God. They need to hear it from you. You point them to God with your mouth. By your words, you point your children to God, your grandchildren with, to God. With your mouth. Every day. All the time. Let them see it, let them hear it, and love their mother. Love their mother. I mean, let me tell you what I mean by this. I, I get it. We live in a broken world, um, don't we? It's true. And... Uh, I get that, but I would still say to you, I realize that there are people in this room that you're, you're not married to your child's mother or your child's father. I get all that. But I would still say to you that you need to learn to love them. Now, you don't always need to be buddies with them. You don't always need to you know, have that ongoing relationship with them. But you better learn how to respect them and make sure that your children know that you honor them. Because your children see their relationship with God like they see their relationship with their parents. And if they see their parents fighting, and if they see their parents being jerks to each other, they will never see God in you. And they'll never see the God that you're supposedly talking about. Amen? You hear me on this, friends? And I get it. Sometimes it can be miserable dealing with an ex. I get it. It can be miserable dealing with somebody that you just never wish you had made a baby with in the first place, but you did. 
And God leads us to honor those people. To treat them with respect. And as some of you in this room, you're, you're really lucky. You're blessed to still be married to the mother or the father of your children. It's a good thing. And, and for you, this is the picture of God to your children. Your marriage, the way that you treat one another, is the greatest picture of God to your children. Learn to love one another. Speak of grace and give grace. Speak of forgiveness and forgive. Speak of dreams and dream with them. Love them. Love their mother. Love their father. Let them see it. Let them hear it. And love their mama because if that relationship in the family comes crashing down, your kids will think God is a fraud. If God can't hold my family together, who can he hold together? And I get it. It is tough sometimes. Marriage and family. We do stupid things when we're young and we can't hardly live the regrets down. But somehow, my friends, I'm telling you, we've got to learn to get this thing called family right. Will anybody agree? Amen? Here's what I'd like to do. Um, I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray for your family. Ask God to lead your family. Let me do this for you. Just humbly bow your head. Um, Father, for, for many of us uh, in this room, it is, uh, it's an amazing blessing that you have given us with, with family, with kids. It's an, it's an amazing thing. And uh, there's, there's little reason why. Uh, it doesn't take much to get us emotional about our kids and our families. But we, we want, I think most of us want to do this right. Most of us want to get this right. So God, I pray for the fathers in this room on Father's Day weekend. That you would speak into their life. And God, wherever they have to correct, that they would correct God, including me, starting with me. God, help the fathers in this room to lead their family, to lead their kids well. God, help us to love and respect our families. Help us to be committed to our families. Help us to prioritize and be intentional and purposeful with our families. It's not easy. So God, we need your help for this. We need your strength for this. God, we, we admit we don't get this right. And I pray for the mamas in this room. God, I pray that they would have the same heart, that they would let their kids see you inside of them, that they would hear of you from them. And God, that they would love and respect the father in their life. God, for those in this room who have these kind of broken families and exes and baby daddies and baby mamas and all that kind of stuff. God, I know it's very complicated. I know it's very, very hard. But I pray that your spirit would help them to navigate all of that. And God, that they would walk wisely and that they would represent you. And God, that they would put on display for their children what it means to honor you and to love you by honoring those in their family, even if it's a broken family.
So God, do a work inside of us. Make us strong. In Jesus' name, together we say, amen. 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 Happy Father's Day weekend. Um, you guys okay? You guys have a good night? Encouraged? Fired up? Come on. Uh, off to my left, to your right. If you'd like to pray with somebody, up to my left, to your right. We'd love to connect with you. If you want to pray about anything, that's... that's